Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon, and this is episode number 326. And today, we're back for our last Rut Fresh Radio episode of the year, in which we're getting the latest intel and insight on current deer activity and the tactics you can be using right now to fill that late season tag. All right, welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast brought to you by Onyx. We are here for our last Rut Fresh radio episode of 2019. I know there's a couple weeks left in the year for some of you. Well, for for all of us, there's a couple weeks left in the year. Uh, For some of us, there's still hunting season. For some, there's not. Um, But what we're going to do here is, as we do every week during the hunting season, we're going to hear from a group of hunters from across the country about current deer activity, about the conditions that are pushing right through now that are impacting deer activity and hunting, and some some very real-time applicable ideas for how to get out there and fill a tag. Um, I'm down to my final hunts running out of time myself, so this kind of episode will be helpful for me. I'm looking for any new ideas I can get as I'm frantically, desperately trying to kill my target buck this year in Michigan. Um, so I'm looking forward to this one, Spencer. Do you have, uh, do you have any high level things off the top of your mind that, um, stand out after chatting with our upcoming guests or, or where's your head at with all this? Man, this time of year, it, um, feels like you could give the same advice as somebody would give during the rut, which is, we say this often, Mark, and we write this often on the meateater.com. But we always preach just like keep it simple. And if we were saying that during the rut, we'd be referring to hunting travel corridors, uh, hunting doe bedding, stuff like that, hunting buck bedding. This time of year, though, I think if you were to tell someone to keep it simple, it would just mean to find the food and be there in the evenings when the deer want to pile into those places. And I think that is like the best advice I could give for these last few weeks of the season. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't. It's not too complicated, but it's the execution of that is where the trick is, right? Because um, you could find the food and you could hunt there in the evenings, 
And if you do it in a certain kind of way or at certain times, you might screw it up, you know, and, and, and not see the buck you're after or not see a buck or whatever kind of deer you're after. Um, you might not get that opportunity. So it always comes down to a little bit of, you know, still playing it smart, still having a good ac- exit route and entry route, um, knowing what the right food is. Um, so of course there are these little details, but you're right. It, it does come down to a couple basic foundational things, which in the late season usually revolves around those food sources. And if you know what they're hitting right now through some scouting or trail cameras or observation, um, be there. So, so here's the dilemma I've been debating though in my head. I'm curious what you think, Spencer. I, I, as, as I've talked about often on this podcast, the spot where I'm hunting this one buck that I'm after that deer I've been calling Tran, um, is pretty limited. It's mostly just fields and a little bit of field edge and then a couple little chunks of some cover. But oftentimes the bucks that I'm hunting are spending a lot of time on some neighboring properties in their cover. And I, the closest I can get is like on the edge of the field. So I'm just hoping they're going to pop out and they occasionally do. So I keep on though debating. I can sit in the most likely entrance point to the food source on my property as close as I can possibly get to that bedding area. And that's probably like the right spots, the best chance that the most deer are going to come through. And sometimes the buck I'm after does pass through there. So I'll, I'll do that. And then he doesn't show up. And then the next day I'm thinking in my head, well, I could do the same thing again. But at the same time, as we talk about again, often the first hunt's always the best. And every time you hunt a spot, it gets a little bit worse every time. And there's this desire to change it up, go somewhere new, be mobile, hunt a new spot, surprise the deer. Um, so then I find myself thinking, all right, I got to try something different. I got to go somewhere different. And so I went to a new spot and I didn't see him there. And then you keep having this mental gymnastics going on where, where sometimes I find myself overthinking things. One side of me saying, you got to do something different, go somewhere else, try something else. Then the other side of me, and this is what was going on in my head last night as I was heading out to hunt. The other side said, well, what if you hadn't hunted here before, or if you if none of these other things were going on, and you just had to simply say, based on current conditions and the wind and where you know deer are coming into the best food source around, where's the best place to be? And I would say, okay, well, it's right here at this gap, um, close to that bedding area, right in the edge of that standing corn. Well, you hunted there once, and then Tran didn't show up. But you also didn't spook any deer that night, and your wind was great, no deer knew you were there. Um, you got picked up in the evening uh, by a truck, so you didn't go walking across the field. So maybe your impact wasn't too noticeable. Maybe the buck you were after wasn't even in the general zone that night. He just didn't happen to come through there. But maybe one out of every four nights he will. So there's this other thing in my mind. This is maybe sometimes you just have to put your time in. If you find the right spot, hunt it right, but then you got to give it some time because... Maybe it's the third day that he'll show up. But if you bounce to a new place every night, you'll never know that. So that's what I was sitting here thinking about yesterday as I was heading out to hunt. And I decided, you know what? This is going to feel really stupid if I hunt the same spot over and over again. Um, But I have a bulletproof entry route, a bulletproof exit route, and great wind direction. If I put some time in here, I think eventually he will come out. So I'm, I'm not going to be fancy. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to hunt a simple, stupid field edge spot that's as close as I can get to the bedding area. 
on my side of the line and um, right there where I think he's going to come to the food. And so I did it. And he showed up last night and he came out and I explained this on the upcoming main episode of the podcast, but I couldn't get a shot at him. But, um, but it came really, 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 really close. And I think for me, it just was a reminder that we have to be careful not to outsmart ourselves. Sometimes you just have to put the time in when you're doing the right things. Sometimes you have to give that spot the right amount of time. Um, so that was a little lesson I picked up this season that I'll think about probably the rest of the year and, and we'll see what it does for me next season. But I think, I think you're right. I think we gotta be careful not to overcomplicate it. But like something though, that I think people maybe overlook this time of year is the value of scouting. And if you are somebody who's in college and has a Christmas break or you work a job where they give you like between Christmas and New Year's off and you're still trying to fill a tag. Uh, it can be really valuable to just like not hunt for a few evenings to get out there and just glass and see everything that's going on. If you have some destination food source, like pick corn or a food plot or hay bales or whatever that might look like for you, if you have five nights available to hunt, and I think if you put one or two of those towards scouting just to figure out where these deer are at and, and look at the trails that the snow can help you decide on. It's going to make those last three hunts way more valuable than if you're just out there guessing and, and trying to adjust on the fly. And it sounds like Mark, that it was all the scouting that you've had going into this hunt that almost allowed you to kill Tran there. Yes, you are 2000% right. Um, what I didn't tell you is that I had seen this buck well, while glassing, I didn't hunt a few nights, and I was instead glassing from this hillside way off in the distance, and I saw him going through that bedding area, heading south towards this spot near the cornfield. And if he continued on that path, he'd be coming out to the spot that I wanted to hunt. So that's why I felt so confident hunting there, because I knew that, you know, I'd, I'd seen him numerous times, not just those two times, but even earlier in the year, um, I'd seen him taking that route, heading that direction. So I felt pretty confident that, that, that was where he would head some percentage of the time and I had the right conditions for it. So yes, the scouting allowed me to have that confidence that I was in the right place and that I had to give it the time. If I didn't have that, you're right. Then it's just a guessing game. Then you're blowing things up for no good reason. And that's, that's where you got to be careful. Don't sit somewhere randomly willy nilly and just hunt it and hunt it and hunt it for no good reason. But if you've got a good reason and if you've, got yourself the right exit and entry and if you've got yourself a good place for your wind to blow and you're being smart about it then yes that's a well-planned hunt still um so it's 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 funny you get so involved in this and and i think about it so often that that you forget all these little steps that lead up to the ultimate decision of what you do on any given day or night and it all kind of accrues like a snowball day after day, year after year, um, and then you just kind of forget that you're actually doing it. But I think that is the value in just thinking about this stuff a lot, scouting a lot, hunting a lot. You might not kill a buck this year, but you're going to learn so much going through that process that next year will help you. And year after year after year, that eventually you know helps us find some success once in a while. Yeah, and besides your report from Michigan this week, Mark, we talked to Philip Vanderpool in Arkansas from the Virtue TV. Then we go to Illinois and talk to Grant Oldenburg from Triple Threat Retrievers. And then in Virginia from the Urban Bowman, we talked to Taylor Chamberlain. And then we talked to Nate Crick from Identical Draw in Kansas. 
Sounds like a good lineup. Um, I know Big Cold Front just hit here in Michigan, so uh, I'm feeling good about the next few days. Do you? Do we have some similar optimism from folks? Yeah, I, I think everyone kind of shares the same sentiment that if you have food and you wait for the right weather, being uh, you know cold and maybe some snow, that the deer are going to pile in there. And it's something that you've covered on the com a few times, like what is the ideal late season weather pattern um, and we should have some of that on the way for parts of the country. Hey, speaking of uh, com and the articles that we're writing over there, we also, as we've talked about in the past, we've got this hunt giveaway for uh, one lucky listener or viewer of the Back 40 series can sign up to win a hunt with me and Steve Ranella on our, excuse me, I'm sitting over here drinking bubbly and burping. <laughs> uh, we have a hunt giveaway on the Back 40 farm with Steve and I for next year. That giveaway closes December 20th. That's right, Spencer, correct? December 20th, I think, is the last day to enter. And you can enter if you go to com, and you'll see a pop-up where you can enter your email address and enter that competition or that, that giveaway. I've got the details right, I think, right? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to look them up now, and then I'll be, able to, <laughs> I'll be able to confirm for you in one second here. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not a professional, but I'm an amateur... Uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm not – I'm a professional BSer is what I'm trying to get at, and I think I BS those details correctly. So the main point is it, it ends very, very soon. So if you <laughs> haven't signed up yet, go sign up right now. Yeah, that's that's right. I don't think we need to hear me ramble anymore. <laughs> Giveaway coming up. Check it out on com. Otherwise, Spencer, I want to head out into the woods right now and try to wrap up this hunting season with a bow on top. So – you good with taking it from here? I'll take it from here. And it, besides signing up for the hunt, go watch the latest episode of The Back 40. Mark recovers the wide eight. Uh, it's a super cool 16-minute video. Uh, it's an awesome way to like put a bow on the Back 40 season. I know there's one more episode, but felt like we have, we've we hit the climax there. Uh, go to YouTube. Yeah. Go to the Meat Eater page. Watch the latest video. It's awesome. Yes. Thank you, Spencer. Great point. Thank you, everyone, for going and watching that. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. And you weigh your options like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work. Try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months. Wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of six sick folks. Or 
You open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits, not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater, but you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. All right, and joining us on the line next is Philip Vanderpool from the Virtue TV in Arkansas. Now, Philip in Arkansas, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of one to 10? I would say about a five or a six. And the reason why I say that is we've had uh, mainly a lot of warm weather, and it seems like the activity has basically been nocturnal. And when that's what I'm seeing on my covert trail cameras right now, seeing a lot of that. And we had such a mass crop of acres and stuff. They, they are still out there. They're not having to go far to get food. What would you say the ideal weather conditions are when deer hunting in Arkansas in December? Well, ideally, you know, if colder the weather, the bigger the buck. And if you can stand the weather, and that's where the ground blinds usually play a play a huge part this time of year. Um, you get those high-pressure days and bright, sunny days with that cold weather. It just seems like it puts them on their feet more in the daylight. And that's that's what we need. And when we get that, I think we're going to be uh, – you'll see our activity soar up there for sure. And then they're going to be checking for the last few does that, that uh, come in extra late this time of year as well. Besides acorns, what other food sources should hunters be focused on in Arkansas? Well, I mean, if you've got any any time you've got, you know, obviously a, a food plot, you know, maybe some winter wheat. We don't have a lot of that where I'm at, um, to be honest with you. But uh, browse. I love to hunt honeysuckles. If you can find a place that has a honeysuckle thicket in there, they like that for browse. That's where they get their green. And but any anything like that 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 has some type of browse that they can get to, especially when the weather gets colder and the ground's frozen, harder to get to. Um, but that's that's what I would concentrate. And, and you know we're a, we're a feed state, so a lot of the guys you know obviously want to you know probably throw out a little corn or big time is what I what I normally try to use, uh, and that's to get the does in for sure. You know, and hopefully those bucks will come in and still you know looking for a hot doe it's hard to get a mature deer on a you know a feed pile a lot of times uh, but that's that's what i recommend but anytime you can find a, a a green something green that they can browse on really really works out this time of year if you can find that you mentioned trail cameras before where are your trail cameras focused in mid to late december well, right now, mid to late December, uh, I've got them on uh, crossings. I've got uh, a lot of fence crossings uh, uh, where the ditches, you know, run down at the say the head of a holler, uh, 
<laughs> that's that's our terminology where I'm from at the head of the holler there. But you know, places like that, and then obviously if if you've got some chum piles out and stuff to kind of see what's going on because they may not be coming. Here's the thing: if if guys are feeding, uh, you may not get that buck. He may be nocturnal, but if you can get a direction where he's coming from, and that's where the Cobra trail cameras help me so much is telling me what direction they're coming from, and then all you need to do is just move in a little closer to try to catch him in the daylight. That's how you get on these big mature bucks. But if you can get a little food plot, I've got a buck brunch food plot. Uh, you know, it's good for late season right now and stuff there. And the deer are starting to get off the acorns a little bit and getting on that. So getting on the food plot. So I'm looking forward to seeing what I'm getting. I'm starting to get a little more activity on my trail cameras on that as well on my food plots. Are you concerned with moon phase at all late season? It, it can affect you, but I'll tell you what I, what I like to do in, and, and and when you're going in late season, a lot of times I'll skip a morning just because I don't, especially if it's a place I want to go back for the afternoon. I may skip the morning set, but get in there that 9, 30, 10 o'clock and go ahead and make an all-day set because a lot of times midday that sun pops out. And if they've got a little, you know, if, if they're not bothered too much and, and pressured much, uh, you can get that midday activity, but usually the afternoons are, are way better when you're getting close close to the food sources, for sure. In a lot of northern states, you see a shift in bedding this time of year. Is that the same thing in Arkansas? Well, I'll tell you, now where I'm at, it's I'm right in the heart of the Ozarks, and I'm hunting mountain country, and mass crops is really what they depend on. The one thing I see that I look for um is where that sun hits, you know, on the south slopes. A lot of times deer like to get on those south slopes and get out of that cold, and they'll congregate in there. If you've got a food source, your acorn crop or whatever in that area, uh, a lot of times that will help you out a bunch. Uh, that's that's kind of what I look for probably as much as anything is where that sun is melting off, uh, you know, if it's a little bit of ice. I think, we, you know, right now we've got a little bit of ice. We had a little bit of weather conditions. And right now probably would be a really good time to be thinking about getting out there in a situation there and trying to hunt these deer right now again on a food source. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Arkansas? I think um, as long as we got the cold weather right now, I think it's going to be about a, a 6 to an 8 level. Probably, you know, that uh, I think it's going to be really good. Now, with that being said, if that weather warms back up, it's going to probably put them back nocturnal. But Hey, the way I look at this, guys, you got to be out there to kill them. And you never, I mean, luck's got to be on your side a lot of times. You don't know if a coyote's bumping a deer or somebody else more activity. You know, just get out there and enjoy it, man, and have fun and, and enjoy it. But ground blinds work really well this time of year. It kind of helps conceal your scent. But at the same time, um, you know, it uh, it keeps you a little bit warmer and maybe get you a buddy heater and just be comfortable, have fun, and enjoy the hunt. All right, Philip, I like your optimism. Good luck and thanks for joining me. All right, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. God bless. Uh, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and many blessings throughout going into 2020. All right, and joining us on the line next is Grant Oldenburg from Triple Threat Retrievers in Illinois. Now, Grant, in Illinois, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? 
Um, I'd have to go with it being a nine out of 10. It's tough to say ever say 10 out of 10, but uh, over the past three days, uh, we've had two great mature bucks taken from our property and uh, I, the movement has been fantastic. So I got to go with a nine out of 10. Tell me a little bit about those setups where you guys killed those deer. Yeah. So uh, the buck I shot um, on Saturday, the 14th was um, basically a really our only pinch point on the property um, between two bedding areas. And uh, I was able to get a shot at him at 15 yards at about 11 o'clock in the afternoon um, when he was switching between bedding areas, I presume. And uh, I was able to get a shot on him. 11 o'clock in the afternoon seems really late for this time of year. Are you often doing some midday sits? Yeah, the, the area I was in is, uh, you know, I, I have trail camera pics from late season there, and I've seen a lot of buck activity in that area late morning. And uh, it was actually kind of funny that um, early in the morning, um, right at first light, I had two shooters come in, and they just wouldn't give me a shot. And then a couple minutes later, I had another shooter come in, which I did get a shot on, and uh, I had an arrow deflect off a branch. Um, then about 9 o'clock, I had a doe come through at 15 yards. I was able to shoot her, and I was just – my goal is to sit till 11, knowing that I see a lot of bucks in there between 10 and noon, just um, just transferring through this pinch point. And uh, for some reason, I sat an extra 10 minutes and it paid off. Are you seeing any secondary rutting activity this year? Yeah, I, it was uh, it was a week ago. I was starting to see some little bucks pushing around does again. Uh, I had one nice mature buck um, run those small bucks off and push does. But um, this this past weekend starting to see the bucks group up again and um you know we were seeing throughout the property really grouping back up and seeing them in pairs and even threes so um i I think that's that's already passed what food sources should hunters in illinois be focused on this time of year yeah um i think that right now um with the temperatures dipping down the way they had we've had a couple weeks of temps you know flirting in the uh freezing below freezing and uh that's given the farmers an opportunity to finally get their corn off and uh, into the wet areas due to the real wet fall we've had in the Midwest. And uh, I think um, then being able to go in there and do that is opening up, you know, more movement for them deer. And then also um, I think those deer are going to be hitting a lot of those fresh picked corn fields now that they're able to get them off. The bedding area that you were hunting, is it the same place that they've been bedding basically all the way from October until now, or did they switch bedding recently in late season? Yeah, the area we hunt, they do a lot of switching of the bedding. Um, early in the season, you'll see them more out in uh, CRP fields and um, along, and you'll see them sometime on the edge of, of ridges up there. And, uh, you know, when it gets colder like this, we see them shift into um, real dense thermal cover on, on those ridges and then also into the areas of the pines um, that we have. So usually after the second gun season in Illinois, you start to see them, um, the movement kind of shift and their, and their patterns change. Did you find any fresh sign making being that close to the bedding? There's it's this property. Um, it's tough not to find sign as far as rubs go. Um, I mean, you can find rubs almost anywhere. So um, sometimes it's, it's tough to ignore those, but at the same time, they're so frequent throughout the property that, uh, we don't always, we don't always use that information. And, uh, a lot of the scrapes, um, you know, we have cameras set up on scrapes and they kind of, they've kind of dried up a little bit. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in Illinois? Well, uh, we still have some guys out hunting our property and, uh, I, I think 
Wednesday, um, the 18th is going to be a great day. It's going to be a, a cold dip in the temperatures. But after that, I'm not feeling so optimistic because it's going to warm back up again. So, you know, I estimate it probably at a, a five out of 10 or maybe even less for the upcoming weeks. All right, Grant. Well, congrats on the awesome deer. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Spencer. All right, and joining us on the line next is Taylor Chamberlain in Virginia from the Urban Bowman. Now, Taylor, in Virginia, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Well, on the scale of 1 to 10, it's a hard 10 uh, because of what I was able to see in the woods a couple days ago. So when I was pulling up to a a property and parking, uh, I saw a doe run by, uh, and, and quickly right behind her, I saw over eight shooter bucks. Uh, that were dogging her. So uh, clearly this time of year, you know, any doe that hasn't come into into heat and been bred will cycle again about 30 days later. So we're kind of just past that window here, uh, Northern Virginia, like the 8th to the 12th of November is really peak breeding for us uh, in years past. So then again, December 8th to the 12th is, is going to be a prime time, but that doesn't mean that every doe in the woods is going to cycle at that exact time. So uh, if you can kind of key in on late season food sources right now, try to find where those does are, the bucks are going to be doing the same thing because they're looking for any doe that has, has cycled again. So uh, what I'm looking for right now are uh, primarily red oaks uh, in my neck of the woods. The red oaks that drop early season have too many tannins in them. They're too acidic for the deer to, to tolerate uh, when they have the option of the white oaks or other brows, but uh, I'm not sure if it's because of the timing or that they've been on the ground or if it's just out of a lack of necessity. Um, but, you know, the, the deer like to key in on those red oak food sources, and I noticed that the does will bed pretty close to those. So I try to get uh, in the travel areas around those feeding or around where those does are bedding, preferably the downwind side, just like peak rut in, in November, uh, those bucks tend to be cruising by and, and trying to check those does. That area has a very high deer density, so do you see a strong secondary rut every single year, or are there some other factors that change whether or not you're going to see a lot of rutting in December? So uh, we see a very strong second rut uh, because of how high our deer density is, based on the fact that we just have such a skewed number of does in this area, uh, it's just not possible for them to all be bred during the first rut. So if, uh, if I come back as a buck, I'd love to be in this area. It's based on the fact that it's a low hunter density and a high doe uh, density. It sounds like a pretty good place for a buck to be, but we have very high uh, second rut, and we even have a third rut, and I've seen as uh, as late as mid-January and sometimes February seen chasing uh, just because I think those does will cycle until they, they get bred. What kind of weather are you looking for this time of year? Uh, I'm looking for a, a something that's outside of the, the normal range for the week. So if we have uh, mild temperatures, I'm looking for that first cold uh, cold snap morning, uh, or if we have really cold days, I'm looking for that first kind of warm up afternoon. But the I'm looking for for something outside of that kind of median range throughout the week. I'm also looking for spikes in barometric pressure 
uh, I found that it, it's common to have higher barometric pressure this time of year as we roll into the winter. But um, overall, those days with really high barometric pressure, I've always seen much better deer movement and earlier deer movement in the afternoon. With this second and third rut, do you see a lot of sign making then late into the winter? For sure, yeah. We see um, the standard kind of sign making that you will see throughout, uh, you know, late October, early November. The only thing that's really different is um, I I think it's really uh, specific to little pockets. So you have to find those pockets that hold the doe densities. Uh, It's not the same, you know, during late October, early November, where the bucks are kind of cruising everywhere and just leaving sign. It seems to be more isolated to uh, tighter on the doe bedding areas. But overall, um, there's tons of tons of scrapes. You can still get active uh, pictures in daylight on a scrape, lots of rubbing, but it just seems to be tighter to that core doe bedding. Where are your trail cameras focused in mid to late December? Uh, I like those travel corridors, any any terrain pinch points, um, areas that the deer are going to have to travel through uh, that are really kind of close to that food area. So I like to try and hone in on the food source, figure out where the deer are bedding. Uh, the, the does will really not travel very far uh, this time of year from bedding to food because they're all herded up. They can get away with maybe a little less cover uh, than they would need to have uh, different times of the year when they're kind of uh, more broken up for the rut. So I like to kind of put my cameras real tight to bedding, food, travel corridor kind of, uh, not a, not as much on scrapes just because there's less activity uh, consistently than there normally is in kind of like late October when I normally have a, have a camera on a scrape. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Virginia? Uh, I think it's about a seven. So if you can find the does, you're going to see really good buck movement. Uh, outside of that, if, if you're in the wrong spot or you're outside of where that, that core doe group uh, on your area is, you might see zero movement. But if you find the does, I promise you'll find the bucks. All right, Taylor, congrats on the awesome buck you just killed. Good luck with what's left of your year. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Spencer. Good luck to everybody out there. All right, and joining us on the line last is Nate Crick in Kansas from Identical Jaw. Now, Nate, in Kansas, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I would say buck activity lately has probably been close to 7 out of 10. Um, I would say 7 because it actually started to increase with this colder weather coming through and the snow, and it just seems like what the trail cameras have been telling me and what I've seen is um, those bucks are starting to move, go to those food sources, and we've actually still been getting a decent amount of daylight activity from them. So it's been it's been pretty good. What food sources should hunters in Kansas be focused on this time of year? I mean, there's always uh, the big ag with corn and beans. Um, the best food source that we have that we're hunting is beans with um, mixed with brassicas with radishes and all those things. And it's been it's been super good. We have trail cameras on, and we're getting still daylight picks. And some of our best hunts have been in that that field. Um, just a few days ago, we had the neighbor who was hunting next door when we were down there say, "You've got there's so many bucks in your bean field right now." And the secret to that was we just we just didn't harvest them. We just we didn't mow them down. We we're just letting them stand, go through the winter. Because right now, after the busy chasing of the rut, food is on their mind. So it has been a ticket. Those standing beans and radishes. Are you seeing any secondary rutting this year? 
Uh, yeah, we have actually seen a pretty good um, glimpse of it. It's kind of winding down now, but I'd say the last 10 days to two weeks, we've actually been having our our scrape cameras get hit a little bit more with bucks almost making second or like another round of sign. And then a few, we've had some pictures and been seeing activity of still some chasing some bucks with their heads down and kind of move, pushing does around. So there's, there's definitely been a little bit of that. Where are most of your trail cameras focused this time of year? Um, we transitioned a lot of them from those big timber November um, hunting spots to the bean field and around the food sources. But I would say our, Besides the, the bean camera that we have right now, our second best camera is embedding just off the beans. We are getting a ton of movement and still some, some good buck daylight pictures. Actually, 20 minutes before you called me, we had a shooter, a 10-point walk right in our bedding camera. And it's just in, in thick, um, basically weeds, grass, um, roses, um, right off of our bean field, probably 60 to 80 yards. And that's, that's our best camera on the property right now. For context, Nate and I are talking at 1 p.m., so you had a buck just up and moving around noon here. Uh, you mentioned yep. that the bedding is near the bean field. Is that where most of the deer you find are bedding this time of year? Yeah, they're, I, from what I've seen is they're right off that food source. I think it's, they make it easy. They just say, hey, I'm going to go feed whenever I want. It's right there. I can be bedded down by the food source. Um, and, I mean, it's on a great facing slope, so they're – they're comfortable most of the day. And I feel like they feel really secure by that. And right now I think their safety is that food source. So they want to be close. Do you find any sign making around the edge of that bean field? Oh yeah. We our bean field has been some of the best sign, uh, tons of scrapes along that edge. Um, and you can just see there's deer trails. I mean, clear as day, especially with the recent, recent, recent snow we've had down there. It's super clear, tons of scrapes along that field edge. How did the deer in that area respond to gun hunting pressure? Well, the the gun season actually just ended this last Sunday in Kansas, and they we definitely noticed some 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 nighttime activity uh, definitely picked up. But it was it was kind of interesting. There's a warm spell during a lot of that um, rifle season, so I noticed a lot less movement on the cameras and from when we were out there. So I'm not sure if that was because of the rifle um, movement of more guys in the woods, or if that was because of the weather, but could have been a combo, but I know that area gets hit pretty heavy. Um, but I mean, after that ended, these last few days have, have been some of the best, um, buck pictures we've been getting all season almost. I mean, tons of daylight action. So I don't, I don't think they really minded it a ton. There was definitely a time there where the cameras went quiet, but I'm not sure if that was weather or hunter. So it really hasn't been too bad. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Kansas? I would say it's going to stay close. I I think 8 to 10 is what I'd put it at. Um, it's been really good lately, and I plan on it being good the next at least few days. Um, I see the temperatures are going to rise, so that might slow things down a little bit. But, I mean, late season can be – this time of the year can be the best time to get after the buck you've been chasing. Um Get on those food sources if you can. Leave that food standing, and it's it's been super good for us. All right, Nate. Well, good luck with what's left of your season. Thanks for joining me. Sounds good. Thanks, Spencer. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam 
can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on Seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Hey, everybody knows Weber Grills. I've been using Weber Grills my whole life and check it out. They got a pellet grill, the Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Now with a pellet grill, you can smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. You can go from low and slow, okay, on smoke boost mode, or crank this thing all the way to a heat sear at 600 degrees. It's got a full great sear zone, so you can put more food on the flame. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood pellet grill.